Good morning. How we doing this morning? God has been good this morning so far, hasn't he? This has been incredible. It's just been um, an unbelievable moment of worship, an incredible moment of prayer, and uh, I'm just excited that we're in a place that wants to turn all of our focus on Jesus, on worshiping him, on seeking him, or setting our eyes on him, on praying to him, praying to the God who created it all, the one who is in control of all, the one who loves us and is for us and not against us. And I'm just so thankful to be in a place that just makes that available. And I'm excited about what God's done already this morning. I'm looking forward to what he has for us in his word. Uh, my name's Eric Smith. I'm a Connect Group leader here at Pooler. I just want to follow along with everybody else and extend my welcome for you this morning. So glad you're here this morning. We all are. We're so excited you're in this place. If this is your first time here, we are just so thankful that you came here this morning. We're so excited to see you. Uh, and, and hopefully you felt the love that we have, that we've just been praying for you before you ever walked in the door, and we are excited you are here. And for those who have been coming, this is your second, third time, your family, and man, it's just always good to see family. Um, and, and we have been walking and doing life together for several years, a couple years now almost, and it's just been incredible to see. So uh, I just want to pray for us real quick and, and get into it, and, and let's just see what God has for us. Father God, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We just, we just want to lift up the name of Jesus one more time, Lord. We just want to thank you for that name. We just want to thank you for who you are to us, Lord, that, that you love us the way you do right where we are, that you don't expect anything from us, that there's no change that has to be made, no perfection that has to be attained, no, no next step in order to find you, Lord. All we have to do is just come before you and pour our hearts out and trust in the name of Jesus, Lord, and that changes everything for us, Lord. And we are so thankful for you and in the way you have poured yourself out on a cross for us to make an account for everything that we could ever do, Lord, that if we just turn to the name of Jesus, if we just surrender and trust in that name and confess that name is Lord, then Lord, we stand before you in perfect righteousness, not by anything we've done, but by that name, Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, by that perfect sacrifice that paid the sin and finished the work, Lord. And we can trust in that. We can hold on to that. We can cling to that because it's that work that just reveals your love for us. And so we want more of that this morning. We want more of your love, more of who you are, Lord. We're just asking for, for the hearts who are hurting this morning, Lord, that you would just pour yourself out. Abba, Father, the one that loves us beyond anything we can even understand, Lord, that you would just comfort your children this morning. The ones that are far from you this morning, Lord, we're just praying that you would just bring us home and bring us into a relationship with you that makes nothing but the name of Jesus known to the world. Lord, we're just so thankful. We're so expecting of you this morning, and we're so thankful for your word. And Lord, we're just praying that our hearts will be open to hear, that it will be fertile ground for your word to land on, Lord. And Lord, we're just planning for seeds to be planted that will eventually produce a mighty harvest for the name of Jesus. It's in that powerful name we pray, amen. So for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about God's love. We've been talking about the assurance of God and, and how God has laid himself out, revealed himself to us, how God uses the moments in our lives to assure us of that love. And then we spend some time understanding what our perspective looks like and, and the perspective God would have for us and how he would open our eyes up uh, to see him in the way that he truly wants us to understand him, that we would understand his love in a way that, that's different, that, that changes everything for us, that we're not limited to some small window of who God is and his intentions towards us, but that we have the full experience, that we are standing open 
to him, experiencing everything of him, walking through everything he would have us to do in the direction he would have us to go for his purpose, enduring whatever that might bring because it's good for us and brings glory to his name and create something in us that just sinks deep and assures us, uh, excuse me, assures us of his love for us. And so if you've been walking with God for a little while, one of the things we do know, as much as we talk about God's love and his assurance and all of that, if you've spent any time in relationship with him, the one thing that we do know is that there are moments of dryness. There are moments of flatness. There are moments where it feels like there's distance. There are moments where these things just sort of happen. We don't know how they happen. We don't know exactly what causes them, but, but we experience them. It's truth, and to say anything otherwise is to deny what's probably really going on in our heart. The idea is to tear down some facade that it doesn't happen, that it's not something that we're going through and something that that we can't, as Christians, acknowledge that, hey, I'm in a dry space with God right now, and I just want to find my way back. I want to get back to where he wants me to be, and I just want to hear from him. And so we're going to spend some time this morning looking at that. We're going to spend some time in what God would have for us, and we're going to follow a command that that Jesus says, but we're going to unpack it a little bit. Because one of the things we know as we walk in the assurance of God's love, one of the things we hear over and over again, regardless of what's going on in our life, and what always winds up being the answer for every little situation that we have, and it is the true answer, but it's just we're going to unpack it this morning, it's just abiding God. Abide in Jesus. Abide in Jesus' love, right? We hear it all the time. Just abide in Jesus. Whatever you do, just hang on. Abide in Jesus. And so I want to really dig into that, and I really want to unpack that and really kind of take and look at how these seasons of our lives happen and what God may be doing in those seasons for us, how God may be revealing himself, and more than that, how God may be showing his love for us in those dry seasons that we think he isn't even there. And so we're going to start off in John, and you can turn there. We're going to go to, um, it'll be on the, on the thing for you, uh, I'm sure of that. And so we're going to be in, uh, in John. We're going to start in verse 15. Huh? That's a good question. I left it out my notes. 15, verse 1. I did say that. 15, verse 1. You threw me off. Sorry. We're going to start in John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. 
And so there's a lot of abiding in there, right? There's a lot of, of, of that word. It shows up time and time again. And so these are the words of Jesus. These, this is Jesus speaking to us directly and, and continuing to say, abide in me, abide in me. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. If, if you just abide in my love, my love will abide in you. We see it over and over and over again. And so the one thing we do know as far as the word abide, that it just means to stay, right? And that's kind of where we've always left it, is that we'll just stay in Jesus. And so that becomes the answer, is just let's abide in Jesus. We're just going to stay in Jesus. Just hang on. Just hang on. Just stay in him. Just keep on trucking. Don't do anything. Hold on to Jesus. And where there's truth in that, there's absolute truth in that, that word abide, abide, if you unpack it, has so much more depth to it than what we give it credit for. It exposes some things that we can't always see because sometimes staying in Jesus isn't always easy, right? Sometimes staying in Jesus feels flat. Sometimes it feels like I'm not even sure if Jesus is in the picture right now. Sometimes there are storms. Sometimes there are moments that come into our lives to where when you say stay in Jesus, I'm just trying to find him. How do I stay in him? And so those moments are real. It happens. But if you unpack this word, if you go to the biblical definition of the word, then it's going to say to abide means to wait patiently for, to remain in place, to continue to be sure or firm, to endure and to persevere. And so if you take and kind of dig and unpack a little bit more, you're going to find that those words endure, those words persevere, that they mean something a little bit even deeper. And so if we're going to wait patiently for Jesus, if we're going to remain in place and and wait on Jesus, which we should, if we're going to continue to be sure that Jesus is the answer, that he will be in the middle of whatever the storm is, that he is the one who can calm the storms, if we're going to do all that, then that may cause some affliction. It may be tough. It may be something that we have to endure. It may be something that we have to persevere through. It may be a little difficult. It just may, that may be part of the plan. If we're going to abide in him, if we're going to follow that word for what it really truly means, and there are several different definitions, and it's used several times throughout the Bible, and it's from the root word menu. And I hope I said that right. I think I did. And so I'm going to give you the couple of other definitions, and then I'm going to give you just one big definition, packing all this into it, of the word abide. It means perseverance and continuing to do something. It means constant residence or frequent resort. To continue and sometimes used to express confidence in abiding with a person. To remain in a place instead of leaving it. To stay behind or persevere. And then used to indicate a persistent loyalty or a continuance in doing something. And so now we've heard that, and that kind of goes along with that biblical definition. Now I want to give you one more definition, and I want you to hear it this way. When we abide in something, we are loyal to it even unto death. When we abide, we remain in a certain place even when the rest of the world has left us behind. To abide means to continue doing whatever is being done even when it's hard and the urge to quit is almost too much. And this one's important. The word abide means to cling to something, to have faith in it, even when it may seem to have failed. 
So there's so much more depth to that. There's so much more in that word abide. And Jesus is saying, abide in me and I'll abide in you. Jesus is saying, abide in my love and my love will abide in you. And we're continually telling one another to abide. But what does that mean? It means to dig in. It means to hold on. It means to stand fast and to stand firm. It means to go so much deeper than just stay there. It's not just stay there. That's not what Jesus is saying. That's not what he's saying in our relationship with him. If we want more depth, are we supposed to stay? Yes, but we're supposed to hold on even if it means our life. We're supposed to dig in even when it means like it's not making sense. I'm not even sure if it's working. I'm not even sure if it's real. We're we're still supposed to hold on. We're supposed to dig in. We're supposed to keep our loyalty to him, have confidence in him, hold on to his promises, hold on to his truths. There's so much more to abiding. But we know those dry spaces are there. We know there are flat lands. A man named Watchman Nee said this, He who is able to accept everything gladly from the Lord, including darkness, dryness, flatness, and then completely disregard self, is he who lives for him. There's something that God may be doing in those dry seasons. There's something that God may be showing us in this place where we're like, I don't even know which way is up. I'm not even sure if this thing is real. I've been walking with God and then all of a sudden it was like a Mack truck hit me and everything changed and I don't know which way is up. I was secure in my faith. I was secure in who he was and now everything has changed and I don't know what to do. And and the the answer is abide in Jesus. It's abide in Jesus. But what does that mean? So we have to go deeper. We have to look and see what that means. How do we abide? How do we hold on? How do we continue in our loyalty to him? How do we trust it when the urge to quit is so strong? How do we hold on to it when it seems like the world has left us behind? How do we continue in and hold on to him when it seems like this may have failed? We have to trust and abide in him. So what does that mean? How do we go deeper? What does that mean for these seasons? What does it mean when God is doing something in the dry land? Because he is. There is always something that God is doing. There's always something God is showing us. There's never any moment, never any season in our life where God is not trying to reveal himself to us. And so we have to approach the first thing. What is God trying to show us? Is there a sin in our life? that we may have allowed in? Is there something that could have created this dry space? Is there something that could have created this flat land for us? Is there something that God is trying to point out to us, not for guilt, not for shame, but because this thing is separating us from him? And to remove it is to remove the thing that is causing the chasm between us and God's love. And so that's a good thing. That's a good space to be when I can identify that, when I can search my heart and go, is there anything in me that is not of you, God? Point it out to me because I want to abide in you. I want to walk in your love. I want to feel the love that I felt the moment I gave my life to you because let's just be real. And and this has been weighing on me ever since we, we went to a trip in North Carolina. One of the guys said, what do you do when the shiny wears off? Because the shiny wears off, right? It wears off in our relationships. It wears off in our marriages. It wears off in our ministries. It wears off in almost anything we ever do. And so most of the time now in this new society, this microwave society, the easiest thing is to go get something new and shiny again, right? 
But that's not what God called us to do. God said, abide in me. Abide in me. He didn't say go get something new. Don't go find something else new. Don't switch ministries. Don't switch churches. Maybe the thing is that you just need to abide in me. Don't go find a new wife. Don't go find a new car. Don't go find a new job. Maybe there's something in here I'm trying to show you. Maybe this dry space has intention. Maybe at the end of this dry space, you're going to see my love in a way that you've never known it. It may be the game changer for your understanding of who I am. This dry space might be the most essential thing in your walk, in your direction, where I'm leading you, and you understanding my true love for you. Because that's what these things do. I've been married to my wife 16 years, August 30th. Amen, yeah. That is a reason to clap, especially if you knew. There's been a lot. But I want to tell you something of our story. And I, and I think you'll know that, that what this is, when you, when you meet someone and you know that this is real, man, it's exciting, right? We just had a couple get married last night, and isn't it good to do life with people? Man, we just celebrated somebody getting married. We got some people that got some babies on the way. We're going to have to build a new church building just because of all the kids that are being popped out. Michael's going to have super gray hair by the time it's all said and done. It's, I mean, but isn't that nice? Isn't that good to just walk with one another and just celebrate in life? But God's called us to walk in those dry spaces too, right? God's called us to all of that. But this new couple gets married, and, and Bridget and I got married, and we were excited, and this thing was new, and, and every moment is, is new, and you experience it in different ways, and, and your love's all over the place, and your emotions are all over the place, and it's great, but every fight might be the last one, right? What if this is it? What if this is the one that she just dumps me? What if this is the one? What if she sees who I really, truly am and realizes I'm not the person I think I am, and then she walks? Every trip, every, everything that separates distance, it's like, wow, what if I get back and everything's changed? What if her feelings for me have changed? What if everything? And so life is exciting, and there's, there's this excitement and this joy, but there's also this little angst that's in the back of your mind. In a new relationship, you're like, what if this isn't it? What if this isn't right? What if this isn't working? What if something happens? What if the game changes? What if everything changes? And so there's always this little angst. And so... The shiny wore off, and we began to have what every couple has is arguments. We began to have a life. We began to have kids. We began to have all these new experiences that get added on to it, and where they brought a newness, they also brought a difference in our relationship, and they sometimes created spaces. The arguments got bigger. They got worse. Things happened, and time and time again, we would come back to one another, and we would we would do what we had to do to reconcile, and God would do something incredible, and, and we would just hold on, and we dug in, and, and really, you know, if I'm just being transparent, it's only by the, the grace of God that we're even together now celebrating 16 years. But I want to tell you what God was doing in those spaces. I want to tell you what God was doing in those dry spaces. I'm getting on a plane in a few hours, and I'm flying to Chicago, or I'm actually Illinois, and I'm going to be away from my wife for a week. And my kids are going to be at home. Let me tell you what's not there anymore. The angst. Because there's something sweet when you've been married for year after year after year. And the one thing that fades away, the one thing that you know that you know that you don't have to worry about is that she loves me. And I love her. And there isn't anything that's come into our life that we can't overcome together if we turn it all to God and surrender everything to him. There is nothing 
that can break apart what God has put together. But it took the dry spaces. It took those experiences. It took all of those moments in our lives. And I'm flying to Illinois knowing when I get back, there'll be a beautiful face at the end of that walkway in the Savannah airport picking me up. And I'm going to have four kids around her. And I'm going to be excited. And my heart's going to be overjoyed. And I'm going to be thrilled to see her. And I'm going to do what I have to do in this training. I'm going to experience what I have to experience there. And the angst are not there because I know that the love is real. It's real. Do you know what we've been through? It's real. And it's the same thing in those dry spaces. What if that's what God's doing? What if those things that are on you right now, the marriages that are hurting, what if you just dig in and you turn it all to God and after this you realize there is nothing that you can't overcome together with God in the middle of it? There's no marriage that can't be restored. There's no addiction that can't be broken if you just turn your eyes and set it all to God. Whatever bondage you have, whatever dry space you're in, whatever is holding you down and suffocating you, and it feels like the best thing to do is quit because it seems like the only option. What if God is trying to show you his love in its fullness, in its realness? What if you are on the verge of being set free and your eyes are open to who God is and you see his love for you in a way you never have and it changes everything? The dry spaces are okay. They might mean something. They may be pointing out the sin that's the most diabolical thing in your life right now, the thing that is keeping you from him in a way that you've never known. Isn't it good? Chip that away from me, God. Break that away from me. Remove that from my heart because I want to be who you want me to be, and I want to know your love is real. These things matter. You look at God. God's provision is there. It's always there. No matter where you go, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what you're facing, no matter how impossible it may seem, God's love is real. It has never left you, and his provision for every circumstance is there. We just have to turn to him. We just have to abide in him. And if you look at Paul, and we're going to shoot through this, Paul's life was an example of just clinging and abiding in him and just finding a contentment that I don't have to make it shiny again, that I don't have to just run and get it shiny again, that every situation doesn't have to be the way I want it. It doesn't have to fit me. It doesn't have to make me feel good about me. Maybe the situation is just what it is. Maybe it's designed so that I would know Jesus in a way that I never have. In Philippians 4, 10 through 14, it says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And we all have that on a verse somewhere, right? And we've all kind of hung on to that. But even in that verse, there's more. That's not just a verse that's entitling you or enabling you to do anything in the world that you ever want to do. You can't read that verse without reading the couple of verses before it. 
Because if you hear the couple of verses before it, he's explaining to you, I'm nothing apart from Jesus. I'm nothing. If I didn't abide in Jesus... I would have never made it through the little. I would have never made it through a hungry stomach. I would have never made it through all that I've been through. And if I wasn't abiding in Jesus, you know how arrogant I would have got when I was living with all the means that I had, when I was held up in this lady's uh, penthouse suite as she's selling the color purple and all kind of fabrics and everything else. I'm living on the hog right now. You know how arrogant I would have been if I would have had all that stuff and I would have started going, it's all about me. And so you can't read that verse without going to the ones before and understanding that he's saying, it doesn't matter where I am. I can do all things in Christ Jesus because every one of those situations has pointed me to him, whether it be a lot or a little, whether it be a fool or hungry, whatever the circumstances, I can accomplish anything, but only because I abide in Jesus Christ. And so we can go to 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 29, And here again, he's telling you, like he's giving you what he's been through. And it's funny because he's talking all over the place, but he's just sort of establishing who he is as he's dealing with the Corinthians and how all over the place they are. But just listen and think about the verse we just read. Starting in verse 24, it says, five times I received the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. This is starting to sound like a country song. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? What are you going through that I haven't been through? And yet still, I'm just going to abide in Jesus. Regardless of what it is, regardless of what the circumstance, regardless of what's going on, he is going, I am nothing apart from Jesus. Just read through Philippians. To live is Christ and to die is gain. He doesn't care. He, account, he, he just goes ahead and says, I count as all as loss for the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter. So what's going on in the dry spaces? What's going on? What is God doing in the dry spaces? Maybe wherever we are in these spaces, because they're real, God is trying to show us something. Maybe he's trying to point us to something. Maybe we're on the verge of something that we never even imagined with him. We want to be a church that is sending people out to the ends of the earth. We want you to be a missionary from your home to your neighborhood, to your community, to your state, to this country, to the ends of the earth. And we believe it. We believe that there are missionaries that are going into the darkest places of this earth in this room and even more so in those rooms over there. We believe it. They need to understand they're gonna be dry spaces. And if you don't think that's the case, if you think every missionary's got it together, go talk to one. Go tell them if they've ever, ask them if they've ever suffered. Go ask them if they've ever hit a spot where they were just going, I don't really know what to do. This might be the hardest thing I've ever endured. But we believe it. We believe that there are people in this place that God is sending. We believe that there are ministries that are going to be created from this place that are going to change the landscape of this community and this country. We believe it, that that's what God is doing in this place. 
but the shiny will wear off. It will. So what do we do in those moments? What do we do when the shiny wears off? What is God doing in those moments? And I'm just going to point to 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12, 2 Corinthians. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing powers from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Did you hear that? For we who are alive are always being given over to death for his sake, for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. What if God is creating something in you that is going to be the reflection of Jesus? Whatever you're going through right now, this is what I can promise you. You're going to meet somebody that's going through it. What if God's preparing you so that you can be a light in the darkness of this world? No matter what it is, no matter what you're enduring, no matter what's created this space for you, there is somebody that God is going to ordain if you allow it and you seek in and abide in him during this time. There is someone he is going to send you to that needs you, but not you, Jesus in you. What you've been through, but what you went through with Jesus God is preparing his church. He's preparing us for something incredible. He's preparing us to do what he's called us to do with his power, not ours. And sometimes the dry spaces show us that. Then maybe there's nothing I can do. Maybe I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. Maybe there's no power I have. Maybe I just need to look at him. Maybe I need to get my eyes off me and how this is serving me and how this is working in me. And maybe I just need to focus on him and others because that's what he's called me into. I mean, when we're talking about abiding, that is joining with Jesus. That is suffering with Jesus. That is a unity with Jesus that it says we can ask everything in his name, and it will be given. And that's the important part, because we've asked for all kinds of things in the name of Jesus and never got them, right? What's the reason we're asking? Is the dry space creating that in us, that we come into unity with Jesus, and when we ask in his name, it is for the sake of the kingdom and not myself. It is for the sake of his name and not my own. It is for his glory and not my own. It is so that the shiny is always on him and there's no shiny on me. What if that's what they're for? What if that's what's happening? What if that's what God is doing? Can you imagine what the other side of this looks like? What does that mountaintop look when you get through this flatland with Jesus? It changes everything. And so as you think about that, and if you're in this place and you've never even been in that spot with Jesus to even really know what abiding is, maybe you've never even given, the, you've never given your heart to him to even know what it's like to abide in him and to, to even go in that. Maybe you don't understand what that even means at this place or at this point in your life, but I guarantee you know what the darkness feels like. I guarantee you know what the heartache feels like. I guarantee you you know what it feels like to not know what that answer is. And God has moved in this place this morning. And there are hearts in this place that need him and he has answered their prayers this morning. And there have been things that have happened already this morning. But God isn't done. 
whatever, wherever you're at. Maybe it's the place that God has led you to this morning so that you can move into a space to where you know his love. Maybe the shiny is for you this morning in giving everything and surrendering your life to Jesus for the first time. Maybe that's what's going on for you this morning. And if that's you, I want to promise you, we're going to ask you to lift your hand in just a minute, and you'll know if it's you. And I, want to, I just want to pray boldness over you. I want to pray courage over you. I want to encourage you that the next step you take is going to be the best step you ever take in your life. And it's only the hard part is just raising your hand. After that, Jesus does everything from then on. But it's that, it's that one thing of pride, that one thing of fear, that one thing I just want to tell you. Put that aside because Jesus is doing something right now. He's calling you to this place. He wants you to abide in him. He wants his love to abide in you. He wants you to bear fruit for his name. And it might be that every circumstance in your life has led you to this moment. So you know there is no other answer but Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you he is the answer in this place this morning. And so if that's you this morning, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life, and confess that he is Lord. Will you raise your hand? We're going to celebrate with you this morning. We're going to get excited about that this morning. Amen. And Camille, if you'll come up for the rest of us. John Piper said this. When people cast fear to the wind and spend themselves and risk their lives and fortune in the cause of God's truth, and in love for other people, then God is revealed for who he really is. Infinitely valuable and satisfying. So much so that his people don't need the fleeting pleasures of sin in order to be content. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's going on. And I know that there are dry spaces in this place because there's too many of us for there not to be. And I want to encourage you this morning to abide in Jesus to abide in his love and allow his love to abide in you, to keep pressing on, to keep pushing in, to keep seeking him. There are things that are going on in this church. There are ministries that are going on in this church. Go get to be a part of it. Go put him before you. It doesn't matter whether it's shiny or not. It doesn't matter whether or not we're all in it or our heart is all. Just go get in because we know that's what Jesus has called us to. Go back to the thing that you know he called you to and just do it. Just stand fast. Stand firm and just hold on abide in him because you don't know this might be the moment that changes everything in your relationship with him but more than that this is the thing i want you to know and it's first corinthians 15 58 it's not even me therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the lord because you know that your labor in the lord is not in vain Dig in. I don't know what you're going through. I know there are marriages in this place that are suffering right now. And I just want to encourage you. Hang on. There are people who are struggling and battling with something this morning. And I just want to encourage you. Abide in Jesus. There are dry spaces in this morning. And I just want to encourage you. There's a mountaintop coming if you just press into him. There is something that's on the verge of this. Once a great military general was asked to reveal the three greatest things he learned throughout his military career, he became silent. He looked at the men in the room and replied, never quit, never, never give up. He paused then and he repeated, never quit, 
never, never give up. He waited a moment and he stated for the third and final time, never quit, never, never give up. And so as we close this morning, I'm gonna pray for us. Whatever it is you're going through, there are gonna be people here that are willing to pray for you. If it's a marriage that's just in shambles and you don't know which way is up, there are people here to pray with you. We want to pray with you over that. If there are people who are struggling with sin or addiction and it just seems to have a, a, a grip on you that you can't shake, there are people here that want to pray for you. If you're just in a dry space and you just want to hear from God, then these altars are open and you can just press in and press in. Regardless of what you're going through, I just want to encourage you with this. Never quit. Never. Never give up. God's love is just as real as the moment you met him. God's love is just as steadfast as it always has been. God's promises are just as true as his word says. Abide in Jesus and never, ever give up. I'm going to pray for us. The altars are open. These people on the sides are here. Father God, we just love you. Lord, we praise you. We praise you for who you are. Lord, we want to praise you for the dry spaces this morning. We want to praise you for the valleys. We want to praise you for the flatlands, Lord. We want to praise you for the moments that you are preparing us for in our lives, the moments you're conditioning us for to be what you've called us to be in Jesus. Lord, we want to praise you and thank you that these times matter too in who we are in you. Lord, that you are doing something in our relationship with you, that you are drawing us in through these things, that you are focusing our eyes on you and not ourselves, that you are giving us an opportunity to press in, Lord. And I just want to pray that hearts here this morning, that my hearts here this morning, just remind us, never give up and abide in Jesus. Never give up and let go. Always hold on to that name. Always cling to what that name means. Always look at the cross and focus in on what that means for us, Lord. I just pray for freedom in this place this morning because we abide in Jesus. We trust the name of Jesus. We hold on and we cling to the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray for freedom in this place. I pray, I pray for marriages to be restored and your stamp to be put on it and for them to glorify your name in all the ends of the earth because you are active and involved in the marriages in this world and when marriages succeed, your love is pronounced to the world. Lord, I pray for the one that's struggling with addiction this morning. I pray for change to fall and to break in this place this morning so that that person can walk in freedom and can claim the name of Jesus to those who are bound up, who are in bondage, who don't know the way, who have no hope and are in despair, who are desperate for something and turn to that instead of you. That that, that person who's struggling right now is going to be a mouthpiece for the name of Jesus, not because of anything they've done, but because of your power your Holy Spirit that sets us free. Lord, I pray for the ones that are in the dry space right now, that they, they turn their eyes to you, Lord, and that they see you. They see your love and its steadfastness. They see your intention towards them. They see that you are building them up to be ambassadors for your name, to go to the ends of the earth, to be able to endure, to be able to persevere, to be able to abide in that name of Jesus and to carry that name to the darkest depths of this earth and this world, to the people who have never heard it, Lord. We imagine what a world looks like that there's no church and no Bible. What does that landscape look like, Lord? And if it's us that you want to send, we want to go because it's your glory. Lord, we're praying for freedom in this place. We're praying for joy in this place. We're praying for restoration, reconciliation. We're praying for lives that are far from you to come home. We want to see the prodigal son return.
not for our sake, not to make a name of connection, but to make a name of the most powerful, the most amazing, the most incredible, the most trustworthy name in this universe, the name of Jesus. It's in the power of Jesus that you have done everything for us, and we are nothing apart from you. Lord, teach us to abide in the name of Jesus. Teach us to abide in your love. Teach us to cling to that name in the dry spaces, in the hard times, and in the storms, because it's that name that tells the wind and the waves to be still. We trust you for who you are. We believe that your love is real, and we give you everything, all of us for all of you. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a good day and a good week.